What is up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Dorkside Nexus. I'm your host this week, Tanner, and this week, once again, I'm flying the Falcon solo. Did, did, did you see what I did there? All right, all right, moving on, moving on. Guys, I'm solo this week because I wanted to talk to you about something that's just been eating me up when it's been coming to fandoms and all of them lately. It's something that's existed forever in Star Wars, but I'm noticing it more and more in everything from Marvel to the Tolkien fans with the new Lord of the Rings series. Um, heck, even some of the Harry Potter fans when it comes to the Fantastic Beast stuff. And I'm talking about toxicity. And no, no, it's not the system of a down song, unfortunately. So just diving right into it, uh, being a lifelong Star Wars fan, I am just so accustomed to unfortunately seeing the negativity and the toxicity that other fans bring into this fandom. I mean, we've seen it going on the better part of 20 years now, going back to the uh, prequel trilogy there with the hate that Hayden Christensen received for the way he portrayed Anakin. Even Jake Lloyd received some hate that carried over into his personal life that caused him to go on a downward spiral. Not all of that downward spiral was attributed to the Star Wars fandom. A lot of that was personal, but it's still tragic to see. And even more recently in the um, sequel trilogy, Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rose, was just completely bullied off of the internet. I mean, the amount of hate that she received for playing the role that was the way it was written and the way she was told to betray it, it's absolutely just disgusting. And it's happening again now with Moses Ingram playing Reva in Kenobi. Now, this is something I've never understood. I, as a fan, have my problems with, you know, a lot of the things that happens with Star Wars. I absolutely am not a fan of the sequel trilogy, and I've said that. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you can't like it. The reasons why I dislike it may be the reasons it may not be big factors to you, but I just don't like the fact that there wasn't a cohesive story. And it's very evident when you watch the all three movies to, as a whole, when you look at all three movies, that doesn't mean I can't pick out good things from them. I thoroughly enjoyed The Force Awakens. And I think that Last Jedi is by far the most visually beautiful and stunning Star Wars film that exists. And that's saying something, because there are some great shots in all the new media that we've gotten. And I think what happened is Rise of Skywalker, for me, really tipped that I don't like this series over the edge because it just felt cluttered and the writing as a whole just wasn't there. And a lot of people say, oh, screw J.J. Abrams or screw Ryan Johnson. He ruined Star Wars. Well, it's nothing against Ryan Johnson. I just don't like the way he wrote that movie. And J.J. Abrams just had to pick up the pieces from the way that The Last Jedi was written when he jumped back into Rise of Skywalker. So again, you're allowed to have things that you don't like in, in, in a certain intellectual property or fandom. There, there's all kinds of things I don't like in Star Wars. You know, I don't like some of the tropes that keep getting brought back up in Disney Star Wars, but that doesn't mean I, that I dislike Disney Star Wars as a whole. I actually like a lot of things that they have done. One of my all-time favorite things is the fact that the Sith lightsaber crystals went from being synthetic crystals the Sith had to make to being 
Jedi kyber crystals that the Sith had meditated and forced dark side energy into the crystal to make it bleed red. I love that. I also understand where some fans come from, where they sit there and they say it's Kathleen Kennedy's fault, because I was one of those fans for a very long time for the last few years. But I've come to realize that it's not necessarily her fault for the sake of it being malice. I feel as though with Kathleen Kennedy taking over Lucasfilm, she was probably put on a lot of pressure from Disney to put out a product as soon as possible which led to some very poor decision-making as she's trying to manage Lucasfilm. I think in the last few years, they've been trying to write the ship over at Lucasfilm, and one of the biggest things they've done is brought in Jon Favreau and made Dave Filoni the head of content. And it shows that there's more care being taken with Star Wars now. I'm going to jump right into what's been going on with Kenobi, and I have to say, I don't understand where the hate comes from. Yes, there are moments that don't make sense and that, you know, the flow just isn't quite there. But you'll find that in almost any media today. Any story or anything, you just have problems with it. It's just what it is. I've had my problems with Marvel movies. I've had my problems with the recent Fantastic Beast movies being a Potter fan. You know, it. you're always going to have things you dislike, but I don't think that the hate that Kenobi has received has been warranted. You know, everyone on YouTube, all these YouTubers kept saying, this is not how the show was preached. They said that we we're going to have Hayden and we're going to have all these flashbacks and they're like, oh, we're going to get to see so-and-so and so-and-so and, you know, Quinlan Voss, who was mentioned but not seen, and all these other people. Mace Windu's probably going to come back, you know, we're going to see Yoda. And that just wasn't the case. And I'm quite frankly glad it wasn't star wars is about story and i do think that since 2008 and the mcu's beginning we as a society have lost the capacity to listen to or watch a story we are all about getting the cameos and the big spectaculars now and quite frankly, Star Wars was never about that. Yes, there were big, fantastical moments. The Darth Vader reveal of being Luke's father. The big fight in Revenge of the Sith and watching Hayden's fall, uh, Anakin's fall to the dark side. You know, there's big moments in there and big lightsaber battles at times, but there is an overarching story that is trying to be progressed. And this is not to take away from Marvel at any rate, in any way, I should say. But I do think that it has it had a negative impact on, in, on us nerds, on all of us, because we've just become so accustomed to the biggest and the best. I mean, Endgame was the culmination of everything that Marvel had built for the better part of 10, 15 years. And yeah, there were a lot of cameos between Infinity War and Endgame, getting all those actors, all that star power, all those heroes together. But not every movie can be that. And I think as a whole, us nerds are having a problem with that. We got so used to just being given every single thing on a platter that now that we're focusing on stories, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, do as well. And, pe and it doesn't appease as many people in the fandom because they're looking for wow factor and shock. That just doesn't create a good story.
we've been in looking at it with all of the Disney Plus series that have come out and the start of Phase 4 with Marvel. Multiverse of Madness, everyone was either really hyped for or complaining about or didn't enjoy or they enjoyed it. It was really polarizing to have that in the Marvel community. And it was the first time for me that it kind of clicked in my head that not only are Star Wars fans toxic, but so are the Marvel fans. And that's not, again, it's not to be shitty in any sort of way and call those fans out, but it's something I'm noticing more and more. And it's really taking away from the experience. I'm going to use Falcon and Winter Soldier as a perfect example. You know, it was a fantastic story. And I think it was a story that was absolutely needed because I probably would have truly had a hard time just jumping into another Captain America movie with Sam having the shield. Not in the sense of like, oh, I don't think he deserves it or this, that or the other thing. I just think that it was a well done series because it showed the fact that Sam and Bucky were both grappling with the loss of Steve and how to accept the loss of Steve and how to have Sam feel like he earned the mantle of Captain America. And a lot of people complained about the series because they felt it was slow and that it was just too drawn out and that the pacing was off. And granted, I do find some of the Marvel Disney Plus shows to have a weird pacing. In fact, all of the Disney Plus shows I feel have a weird pacing, but I can get past that. My point is, it really was a slow burn in a lot of ways compared to other Marvel projects. Very much like WandaVision, that was a slow burn. But those were to develop the stories. And then we really got spoiled with Spider-Man No Way Home at the end of last year. And going into Multiverse of Madness, I think that might have been the downfall of that movie, is how big multi, um, No Way Home was. I mean, it was li- literally, we got Toby, we got Tom, we got, why am I blanking? Andrew, sorry. Wow, that was bad. But we got all of these big things. We got Green Goblin again. We've got all three Spider-Man movies, like trilogies and series that we've had in popular cinema converging onto one another. And yeah, it was massive. It was bigger. It was just as big as Infinity War or Endgame for a lot of fans because of how popular Spider-Man is. But at the end of the day, not every movie can be that. And going back to Multiverse of Madness, I'm glad it wasn't that. We're at a stage here in phase four where Marvel truly has to set up their plans for the future. And having a cameo every other scene does not set up your plans. Look at phase two. I think that phase two was overall just meh in in Marvel history. Like, yeah, there were some good movies, but let's look at Iron Man 3. Let's look at Thor the Dark World. They didn't, they weren't these big, massive extravaganzas that we had gotten in phase three, but they progressed each individual's character's story. And I feel like we're in that stage now with phase four and people are having a hard time grappling it and just get very, very irritated that we're not getting the big bad battles with every superhero and all of that. So many people were upset that there wasn't the Tom Cruise as Iron Man cameo that oh, there should have been this one, this character. I thought this guy was going to be in it, so-and-so. And And I heard that everywhere. And there was never any confirmation of that. That was just us as fans having hopes and dreams and then 
but to see those things and then us just completely getting disappointed because we built that up in our own heads. Looking back at some of the marketing stuff, I don't quite understand why we built it up the way we did. We thought, oh, they're going through the multiverse. We must see all of these people that if there's infinite number of universes, you're going to pop out in different places. The likelihood of you seeing everyone you wanted to see is slim to none. The cameos we got were phenomenal. John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. We got Patrick Stewart back as Professor X. We got Black Bolt. We got 838's Captain Carter. We got what Monica's mom playing Captain Marvel. I mean, there were great cameos. Mordo's still alive. I just don't understand what all the hate came from. It, yeah, the pacing was off, but it was a Sam Raimi movie in the MCU. And, for, and if you look at it through that lens, it was done very well. I enjoyed so many parts of it. And, you know, the toxicity isn't just limited to Star Wars and Marvel anymore. Even in Lord of the Rings, too, we're starting to see the toxicity. Now that we're getting the prequel series Rings of Power, people were complaining that there was a woman of color playing a dwarf. And what's to say, and I guess those are the bigots and the extremists and stuff like that, and that, oh, that doesn't fit into the lore. But what is to say that there aren't dwarfs of color, depending on the region where they're from, that there aren't different ethnicities of dwarfs. What is to say there isn't? Same thing with elves. You can't sit there and, and always say that they are going to look to be one race, just because that's what we saw in the Lord of the Rings movies that came out 20 years ago now. Yeah, it's been 20 years, guys. Doesn't mean that's what we're going to see now. There's a whole world out there. And for you to expect that in Lord of the Rings, the Tolkien verse is to fit into your narrow-minded view of it, that's just not fair to the writers and as a legacy to, to Tolkien. It's just not fair to do that. My next point, guys, is I also think that when it comes to some of the fandoms, video games have played a big role in the controversy. Oh, and this isn't like, oh, video games are violent and yada yada. No, this is very much... Whenever a video game product comes out, a video game that comes out in one of our favorite IPs and there's a show to, or a movie or a series to go along with it, there's always massive amounts of disappointment. And I just don't understand this because video games are in themselves just so extreme. The prime example of this is Starkiller from the Force Unleashed video games. Starkiller cannot exist in the true canon that we have. It doesn't make any sense. He would just break everything if we were to get a character with that much power. I mean, the game is so broken and it's just designed to make him to look so OP that you can't create a good, a good product with him in it because he just wrecks everybody. You played that game and you remember that final fight against Vader. I mean, you're literally decimating Vader, who is probably one of the most powerful beings in the to have ever existed in fact is one of the most powerful beings to have ever existed so that in of itself creates a major problem as to it coming into canon and moving forward and as much as you know people would love to see it it doesn't work and the inquisitors kind of serve that purpose of giving vader quote unquote mock apprentices and it fits better because in, especially in episode five of kenobi the difference between a sith and an inquisitor is just boom right in your face I don't want to talk too much about that because we will talk about that in our mainline episode this week that we record. But 
even in games that don't have a attached franchise in video or books or whatnot, you see it as well. Perfect example is Assassin's Creed. That's a game that would be as much as people were like, oh, this is going to make a cool movie. I don't understand how you could have made it a cool movie. Just because the video games are all based on the choices, the way you do things. That is part of what makes the video game experience so great. It's based on your own viewpoint of it. Like we have the Halo series out now and people are ragging on that. And it's like, well, because you're not in the driver's seat anymore. And when you're not in the driver's seat and something you've always been in the driver's seat on, it's very hard to let go of that. Uh, as we all know, I'm a diehard fan of Revan from Knights of the Old Republic video games and Star Wars. And I'm excited that they're going to make him canon. But at the same time, I know they're going to have to basically dumb him down with the news that Acolyte might have Revan, Malik, and a few other uh, Old Republic Sith Lords. They're going to have to dumb him down because you read about Revan and what he was capable of and his power level and whatnot. You know, it just doesn't fit. It would make Sidious look like a chump, especially if you took the powers from the game. It just really doesn't fit into the canon that we have. And as much as I love the character and can't wait to see him, I have to accept that he's not going to be the Revan I remember. I, all I want from that is his ideology is very much that story that we got from Knights of the Old Republic and even in the now non-canon novel Revan that tied into the MMO, The Old Republic. So I just think we do have a problem as fans outcrying when we don't like something. Like, yeah, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay not to like something. But at the end of the day, we need to be happy that inside our fandoms and inside these intellectual properties, we're still getting content. And you are more than able to pick out the things you like and don't like. That is okay. But let's not be toxic to other fans that like those things. As always, I say it over and over again. I don't like the sequel trilogy. There are parts of it I like. I'm not going to go out of my way to go online and bash these people because they have lives too. And we saw what happened with Hayden Christensen for all the hate that he got and now, uh, in, during the prequel trilogy. And now look at him. He is just living his best life with the fans that grew up with that. Some of us may have kids who love the sequel trilogy and you might be the parent that hates it. But at the end of the day... We have to remember that that property, that intellectual property, Star Wars, was designed for 12-year-old children. That's who it is for at its core. And we can still pick out what we don't like and why we don't like it. Same thing with Marvel. I didn't like the pacing of Multiverse of Madness. It was a wild ride, but I liked the movie. I'm not a big fan of Loki, but that doesn't mean I don't like where they're going with the story in that show. I just don't understand where this is all coming from. I mean, I do, but I don't understand why we have to be so shitty to one another just because we have, we all like and dislike different things. And why do we have to be so shitty to the actors and actresses who are just hired to play the role? I don't understand it. And it, it's really, really hard to watch. Because you just kind of go down a rabbit hole and you sit online and you're like, do I respond to that? Because that comment sucks. It's like, no, don't respond to it because that's exactly what that person's looking for. They are trolling us in a lot of ways. And even when they're not trolling us and they're stating that opinion, all of a sudden, the whole conversation will devolve into an, you know, well, you're not a true fan because of this. I'm an OG fan. Stuff like that. I don't know, guys. 
I just wanted to come on and just kind of just vent how I feel about this because I think it is negatively affecting all fandoms, even Harry Potter in a lot of ways with Fantastic Beasts, like I've said. And it's really tough to watch. It really is. Like, we go to these things to escape from the real world. Why do we have to make it so that our escape is now so toxic? Just my two cents, guys. Thanks for tuning in this week. Like I said, we'll be back to regular schedule program programming this later this week with Corey and Brooksy. Um, we do have a few other things coming on. I will have be having Nick Odea from the Your Friendly Neighborhood Oklahoma podcast. That I will be recording that tomorrow, Monday, and I will be putting that out later this week as well. Um, and then next Monday you'll have our wrap up of Kenobi because we will get episode six and we will have episode five to talk about still we haven't gotten through i haven't gotten through um, miss marvel yet haven't started it just had too many things going on but we do plan to talk about it Corey and brooksy have both been watching it just too many things going on over on my end to have time to sit down and watch it so that will be brought up and until next guy until next time guys my name's tanner and remember to stay hydrated out there And we'll see you in the Nexus.